okay. Hal in the book was so annoying. And I was like, this guy is just, he's just like such a- The worst. Oh my God. <laughs> a little brat. Just a brat. He's like, don't clean my room. It's gross. Like, I want it gross. I like the spiders. And you're like, okay. <laughs> Welcome to Red Wine Reads, a community of book lovers talking about our favorite and not-so-favorite books while pouring a glass or two of wine. I'm your host, Jenna Weston, and with me today is Rebecca Sosmacat to talk about Howl's Moving Castle by Diana Wynne-Jones. I wanted my co-host to pick some books that have been adapted into movies, and right off the bat, Rebecca said I want to read Howl's Moving Castle. I have never seen it, have never heard of it, have uh, never read it, so I was eager to jump right in uh, because as I chatted with more and more people, I realized that Howl's Moving Castle was a staple in some homes. Uh, So I was really excited to get reading, but also get watching and see the movie. Without further ado, let's pull some corks and get reading. I describe your uh, book taste as experimental fiction. I'm like, it's like weird, but not like, they're like, oh, horror. And I'm like, I actually hate horror, so. <laughs> yeah, it's, no. not hor- it's not horror. It's Mm-mm. like, yeah. Experimental fiction. I like that. Yeah, because it's different. It's not normal. It's just a little different. <laughs> um, <laughs> so going off. our last of- <laughs> book of the year. With our last book of the year going off of that. <laughs> Uh, is um, a classic that was not a classic in my household, but is in a lot of other people's households. Uh, Howl's Moving Castle by Diana Wynne-Jones. There it is. Yep. Um, What a last. So this book, uh, Becca, why'd you choose this book? I I would love to know. Howl's Moving Castle by Studio Ghibli is one of, like, top three of my favorite movies of all time. It is so good and when I found it out that most of like Miyazaki's stories come from books like their books previously I was like I have to read Howl's Moving Castle that was the first thing that I chose so I was so very excited for this one did you watch the movie have you seen it of of course I have to do yeah I have to do well this was the first time I've ever seen the movie is uh when we watched it last week (laughs) When oh. we were supposed to record, but I scheduled the wrong date because <laughs> it's okay. what is time exactly? So. What is time? What is scheduled during the holiday season? EOD is now end of December, Same. so it's fine. Um, yep. <laughs> yes. So this, uh, you're already getting into it. I I was very excited um, because I had not read this book, but when I mentioned to some people at work that I was reading this book, they were like, "Oh my god, I love that movie! I didn't know it was a book," and I was like, "Yeah." I'm, you know, never seen it and never heard of it. Um, and I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. Like, I didn't read it, like anything about it and just kind of dove right in. <laughs> and Did you read the book before you watched the movie? Yes. Okay. Um, that's typically the way I, I like to do it because I like to like create the scene in my head first. Uh, we'll get into this, but I wanted to get into some quick facts. So this book was published in 1986. It has a 4.3 out of 5 on Goodreads, 
And if you look through a lot of the comments on Goodreads, it's a lot of people who have watched the movie and then were inspired to read the book. So it's a lot of that way around instead of the other way around. Um, And this is the first novel in a series of books called the Howl series. And then it was the runner-up for the annual Boston Globe Horn Book Award in fiction, and it won the Phoenix Award 20 years later. So after the movie came out, um, it, it won the, it won another award. Um, and so going off that, the movie, like you had mentioned, it's a Studio Ghibli movie uh, made in 2004 by writer and director Miyazaki. Um, and Studio Ghibli, you probably know it. <laughs> Even if you think you don't, you probably know it. Uh, they have created animated movies like Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind, uh, Princess Mononoke, uh, and Spirited Away one of their most popular ones and five this is what i found fascinating five of the studio's films are among the 10 highest grossing anime feature films made in japan five of them Mm -hmm. that's wild (laughs) um this movie like you had mentioned is beloved by many it has a 87% 87% on Rotten Tomatoes and 8.2 out of 10 on IMDb. 96% of Google users like this movie. Um, when the 9%? 96. Oh, I was like, 9? <laughs> nope, <Out> 96. <laughs> <laughs> Rough. <laughs> Google cool. users just not having it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that would be funny. Uh, the English dub version uh, was dropped in a year later in 2005. It starred uh, Jean Simmons, who is most known for her role in Great Expectations back in 1946. Um, you have Emily Mortimer, Mortimer, the popular voice actress. Uh, she's also in Lars and the Real Girl, uh, the 2007 movie. Uh, Lauren Bacall, she was famous for The Murder of the Orient Express, 1974. And Christian Bale, uh, Batman, <laughs> was Batman. in this as well, uh, playing... Playing Hal. Playing Hal. Playing our man Hal. Um, and Love. one that I found was hilarious was Josh Hutcherson, Hutcherson is the, the voice of the young he boy. He played Michael, yeah. Yeah. Um, so our Hunger Games so Peter, funny, right? Uh, that is so wild. And then, of course, Billy Crystal plays the fire. Um, the fire team. So probably the best English dub. Because I watch, I'm a huge anime fan. Yeah. Studio Ghibli is what got me into anime. So I'm like a huge advocate for like sub animes. So I love mm-hmm. like reading the subtitles. Like I think it just like is how it's supposed to sound. Like how originally like was created so i just think it sounds like the best and i'm a huge fan of like japanese um like voice actors i think they're phenomenal Mm -hmm. but i recently when i was here for i think it was for your bridal shower that was the first time like my friend just like popped it on and i was like oh great i took like a nap to it it was fantastic and that was the first time i heard the english dub oh and i was like this is really good I was actually very pleasantly surprised. I think I preferred the uh, like English dub Calcifer over mm. the Japanese voice actor who played Calcifer. I really actually enjoyed the character more in the English dub. Fascinating. 
So I thought that was really fun. Did you watch it in dub? I watched it in the English dub version was it's the good. one I found on HBO. It's because I agree. Very like good. I think that's some of my problem. Like that's like I think with anime, what is hard is when they the like voice acting just doesn't work when you're trying to do the English it doesn't dub. Hit the same. It doesn't, it doesn't hit, hit the, the same. same. I don't have to say it just doesn't hit. So. And yeah, and I don't, and I'm like not a huge anime person, um, but from what the few that I've seen, like I watched Nausicaa in the Japanese version because uh, I read the comic book um, and was in a comic book class. And so it was funny when I said that that was the movie I'd seen by Studio Ghibli because I haven't seen any of the other ones. Um, it's definitely Nausicaa is not one of their. That, better known ones. I know, and that's what all. Lindsay, <laughs> my friend Lindsay was like, that's the one you've seen? <laughs> I was like, I don't, I, I read the comic book, so I thought I would watch the movie, see how they did. Uh, <laughs> but I think I, this is just two more quick facts because this movie is fascinating. Sorry, sorry, sorry. This, um, this movie was nominated for an Academy Award in the Best Animated Feature at the 78th Academy Awards, but can you guess what movie it lost to? So think... 2005 2006 animated movies shrek Ooh, no close shrek baby <laughs> uh spirit stallion of the samurai no it was uh wallace and gromit the curse of the were rabbit wallace and gromit <laughs> wallace and gromit yeah man yeah rough that's tough <laughs> That's tough. <laughs> I will say, this film grossed four, $14.5 million in its first week of release just in Japan alone. And then soon after its release, it became the third financially successful film in Japan behind Titanic and Spirited Away. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Owl's Moving Castle is so good, you guys. I, You're going to hear me just rant about Studio Ghibli for an entire 45 <laughs> minutes to an hour. I hope you were thoroughly prepared i i can't wait let's uh let's get into our plot here so take it away rebecca since this is your favorite movie favorite and then go you know what because one of my topics that i want to talk about is the discrepancy between the storyline of the book and the movie great so i want you to read the book okay yeah okay i'll do the book so sophie has the great misfortune of being the eldest of three daughters, destined to fail miserably should she ever leave home to seek her fate. But when she unwittingly attracts the ire of the Witch of the Waste, Sophie finds herself in a horrid spell that transforms her into an old lady. Her only chance of breaking it lies in the ever-moving castle in the hills, the Wizard Howl's moving, the Wizard Howl's castle. I feel like you can't say Howl's moving. <laughs> castle without you can't say house castle without uh, move, like no. the sneaky moving and like, it's hard um to untangle the enchantment sophie must handle the heartless howl strike a bargain with a fire demon and meet the witch of the waste head on along the way she discovers there's far more to howl and herself that meets the that first meets the eye so yeah that's the book plot on the back of the book mm-hmm uh, without me getting lost in the sauce with this plot. <laughs> Do you think it is a accurate description of the book? Not really. Not the movie, the book. Not really. Not at all. No, because it's it's not... I, I think in the movie, 
you're more, it's more so focused good. on the relationship between Hal and Sophie. And then mm-hmm. in the book, it's so much more about the world of the magic and the Witch of the Waste and his three, like, identities and then finding the missing prince. And then you have, like, you have all these characters come into play. And then you have Letty and the sister who also have magical powers. And then they're, um, you have the dog person and you have the scary ca- scarecrow. And it's, like... <laughs> There are so many different characters. There's so many different plots. But yeah, so you have just so many more players and so many more plot lines in this book than there was in the movie. By far. This, the because I loved the movie so much, I was really kind of like, it actually took me a second to get into the book because I was expecting it to be closer to the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, usually, like, when you watch the movie and then you read the book, like, there are differences, but it feels like you like it to build around the world just, like, a little more. Like, you get, like, extra tidbits. But, like, the movie and the book were, like, completely different stories. Yeah. Which took me a second to get used to, but at the same time, then once I realized, I was like, I can't think about the movie when I'm reading this book. Yeah. Then I really enjoyed it because it's like I got a whole new story with, like, my favorite characters. Like, the characters were the same. Yeah. But I got a whole new story out of it. I can't think about the movie. Yeah. At all. When I'm writing this book. Because <laughs> they're not the same story. At all. Yeah. Where's the war? <laughs> Just doesn't exist in the book. No, it does not exist. Where's the war? Okay. Yeah, that was actually one of the most surprising parts to me when I watched the movie. I was like, oh, there's like a full-blown war going on in this. And like, mm-hmm. that's like a big storyline uh, to like to Howl's transformation at the very end like it's yeah it gives him like a sense of like purpose but in the book he truly is just like this like wiry dude just ramming around (laughs) doing magic like he had just like Howl's sense of like purpose in the storyline like goes away in the book like he really is just kind of this like random dude who's like doesn't have the best personality just kind of like ramming around (laughs) i know how doing okay how in the book was so annoying and i was like this guy is just he's just like such a the worst oh my god (laughs) a little brat just a brat he's like don't clean my room it's gross like i want it i like the spiders and you're like okay (laughs) sure okay bro and like anytime he has a slight miscarriage like there's a slight inconvenience. He's like, oh, I can't. I- I'm like gonna. I'm just gonna go sulk. I'm just sad. Just, oh. And there was a line in the book where it was like, um, Hal could muster a tear even in heaven, <laughs> so it doesn't mean anything. And I was like, that's so. <laughs> that one really got me. That was like towards the end of the book. Yeah, I I think one thing that I really loved about both the book and the movie is the humor in it. Because, like, Mm -hmm. it's very funny. And, like, Sophie's character and how she just really doesn't take any shit. She, like, became an old woman and all of a sudden she's like, whatever, I'm leaning into it. I'm honestly leaning into it. I'm just waiting to be old like (laughs) Sophie so I can just, like, not care anymore. Yeah. She was like, my back hurts. Get me a chair. Get me a bed. I don't, like, I'm going to work here. Like, get me stuff. Like, what are you going to (laughs) do? What are you going to do? Nothing. Yeah. And I think that's what made 
like calcifer's character so good in the like english dub version especially like with billy crystal voicing it is you just have that like almost aladdin genie type vibe where it's just like he's he's like crotchety but he's like whatever like i'm just gonna do whatever i want because i feel like you got that in the book of like you know how's like calcifer you're really gonna bow down to this lady and she's and he's like yeah she's me she made me <laughs> she made me <laughs> like super like like calcifer and Hal are the same character <laughs> yeah it's so funny because they're just like whiny little brat boys and it's just so funny i love calcifer as like a character yeah my favorite like the last line of the book is he's raining outside <laughs> Yeah, I came back because like, okay. it's raining outside. It's raining. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> sure. I, I would love to get your thoughts on uh, Michael. Because he got much more of a role in the book. And he got much more of a storyline in the book than he did in the mm-hmm. movie. So what do you think about that? I liked that. They completely changed. Like, he's like a teenager mm-hmm. versus like a child. Like, in the movie, he's like a little boy. Yeah. But in the book, he's like, what, 16, 17? Like a teenager? And I enjoyed that because it, like, he had, like, more depth as, like, a human being. Like, there's so much more that you can do with a 16-year-old versus, like, a 9-year-old. So I really did enjoy, like, the Michael side of it because it kind of, like, added, like, it, it kind of, like, Michael was, like, you, the reader. Like, kind of, like, also, like figuring everything out like sophie was so like concrete in her like old stubbornness and then there's hal and calcifer who are like so far up their own ass like michael kind of was like in this middle of like balancing both like personalities it kind of felt like you as the reader were kind of michael yeah and you were able to kind of just like be in this world and you're like i don't know what's going on michael's like michael's like running around because like Hal's yelling and Sophie's grumbling and you're like what's going on (laughs) so I did really enjoy that he kind of added like this like neutrality Mm -hmm. to the characters which I really enjoyed Mm -hmm. yeah I think so too I think his I also think like the aspect in the book of how Michael thought that like there's two Lettys and so you because he thinks that um that confused me so much. Even after they told, like, after they revealed, like, what was happened, I was like, I don't know who's who. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like, it's one of the sisters. She has two. It's one of them. I will I will say that kind of gets into one of my qualms with the book is the amount of characters that are in here. Because toward the It's just so easy in a book. Oh, my gosh. And toward the end, I was like... Because he has all... When they were all in the house, and, you're like, oh, And he God, has all I these aliases, know. but then they're all, like, combos of different wizards. And I was just like, what is happening? <laughs> and, like, it felt like in the movie, it was very much more like... You have the one bad woman. You have, like, the Witch of the Waste, who I freaking love in the movie. Oh, my God. So good. <laughs> so good made me laugh more than any other character her and that dog so funny the <laughs> yeah. them walking up the stairs that scene is so good <laughs> it's a cinematic Love masterpiece 
Um, so good. But I will say, like, in the book, I just, toward the end, I was, like, kind of skimming through because I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are. Everyone's in the house all at once. I don't know what is happening. And you have, like, the Witch of the Waste had made her way in through the one gal who was evil. I don't, it just all got too much. Um, I don't know if you felt the same way. I know. I think, honestly, I would watch the movie like if i could do that in order i would recommend watching the movie first because it's a lot of information yeah and they try to build like a magic system in it mm-hmm. it's a pretty basic magic system but it magic systems are hard to read because it's just so much information that you need to yeah. know so i honestly would recommend watching the movie first getting like like it kind of like lays out very plainly who the main characters are and then like all of the ones that you learn in the book are just like you don't have to like learn twice as many people yeah like you know like the root characters even though the story is different you know the root characters you all know of like Hal's aliases like jenkins pendragon and then then you can fill in the other sister, the sister's teacher, the witch's, like, the Witch of the Waste's heart. Yeah. Like, her f- demon who got into another lady <laughs> who Hal was romancing. Like, it's easier to, like, process the many characters in this book if you watch the movie first. Because yeah. it is a lot. It's a lot to take in. <laughs> Even I was just like, who is this person? <laughs> Why do I care? Why are we at Hal's family's house anyway? They don't matter to the story. Yeah, and then you have that whole scene where they open their own flower shop. And then it was like, what? what? <laughs> You're like, okay. We're here for way Four. too many pages. Like, I understand we have to go into I hiding. Know. But, like, we don't have to walk, like talk about the inner workings of how this flower shop works. Like, you can just say you open a flower yeah. shop. Like, that really just gets the job That's done. That's it. I think that part of the story was really, like, Sophie realizing that she's, like, she has magical powers. Like, she is a witch. Yeah. But that could have been done in, like, three pages. <laughs> it could have been. It really could have yeah. been. I will say, I think that's one of Diana Wynne Jones's um, faults, in a way. I don't want to say faults, but just um, she's very long-winded in every single scene. Like, every single scene is, you're getting everything. Oh, you're getting the scene. Every, every ounce. You're getting ev- the smell, oh, the, smell. the sights, the tastes. You're getting. you're getting every character, like, what they're thinking at every single point in every single scene. And... How many pages was this book? I would say, like, 300 pages, yeah. maybe? Like, for a book? That's a pretty big book. I was not expecting it to be, like, that Yeah, lengthy. for a children's book, it's pretty big. <laughs> It's pretty hefty. It's definitely a children's book, too. Like, I was like, this is a child's book. Like, I'm reading a children's book. Yeah, and I think maybe that's also where it's, like, coming back into a a children's book was a little difficult. Because it's supposed to be simple. It's Mm -hmm. supposed to be, like, um, you know, the characters aren't going to have a whole lot of, like, inner workings and, like, depth and character development. And, like, all, like you have your character development in a way, but it's very plain and it's very different. So she adds, 
she's like, okay, I can't do character development, so I'll just add more characters. I'm like, how is a child supposed to keep up with all of this? That's what I don't understand. I'm like, I was confused. I don't understand what's going yeah. on. So I don't know how a child is like able to read this. But I will say, like, when we first watched the movie, like, Casey watched it with me, and he fell asleep halfway through. And he literally... Mm-hmm yesterday was like i really need to finish this movie like i'm really into it and he turned it on and like rewatched it (laughs) it's good it's really good and i think the one thing that really caught me by surprise when i was watching it was the howl's like role in the war and like Mm -hmm. that whole aspect of like him turning into this bird thing and that really just caught me off guard i was like this is very different this was not in the book (laughs) it's very different um because like were you expecting that when you were reading i was expecting the war but when i realized that it wasn't happening i realized that is that's very much like a stylistic choice of like miyazaki and studio ghibli like most of his movies center around a Mm -hmm. war which don't know why. I I, I actually know. do but, know why. Um, I did well, find it when I was looking at this. Because um, most of the Miyazaki films are centered around some type of like yes national. Conflict. I don't know if this book or if if all of his movies were based off of this, but for this particular movie, he was influenced by the opposition to the United States invasion of Iraq in two thousand three. Oh. So yes, because I know a lot of his. Not a lot of his, but a couple of, like, Porco Rosso and a couple of, um, their, like, his response to, like, huge wars going mm-hmm. on. Like, co- like national conflicts, not necessarily wars. Um, so I quickly realized, like, that's, like, a Studio Ghibli thing versus, like, the mm-hmm. story. So I was curious then when I realized that there was no war, which is, like, <laughs> the whole story. Um, like, what Hell's purpose was in the story. And then I realized there wasn't one. So I was, like, sick. <laughs> It's like, but it like totally, it like change, it truly changes everything. Like it truly is two different stories. And okay, you like the Hal's purpose thing. So he has his family in the book. What and mm-hmm. like his and they were like driving a car. Did I get that right? Like his, at one point, him and Sophie were driving a car. Yes, because he's I think from in this world. Wales. Yeah. I think in this world it's like tech supposed to be like in the industrial revolutionary time. Like I think that's where the world is supposed to be set time wise. Okay. Because at least in the movie it's very like steampunk industrial revolution in England type okay. beat. So I, I I think I got confused because I was like fully ready. <laughs> I was like I, I was like fully ready for it to be like ancient times and then like all of, like and then I was like oh are they like in the like is, did he travel in time as well as space? And I was so confused. <laughs> and I was like wait. No, I think I think it truly is just like the industrial revolutionary time timeline and i only have that based off of yeah. the movie because that's the setting that 
Studio Ghibli put this book in, but at the same time, it's like, looking at the castle, it's like steampunky. You know, think, like, steampunk kind of vibes. That's what yeah. I got from yeah. it. No, that makes sense. I, um, I feel like I, I wrote this one quote down from Goodreads, and I feel like this is, uh, like, embodying everything that you're saying. And it says, I think if it weren't for me projecting the Miyazaki characters onto the text, I'm not sure I would enjoy this book as much by itself. <laughs> yeah. For sure. 100%. Because, A, it's a children's book, and I am 30 years old. <laughs> so it's just, like, I can't, like, this, this isn't the book for me. Like, the only reason I love it is because it's my beloved characters in an entirely different story yeah. that wasn't that well written. But because I adore these characters so much, it was really the only reason I like pushed through. Like I, the projection is strong. That's why I highly recommend watching the movie mm -hmm. first because it's so good. I cannot say this. Enough. Yes, and I think this book I would definitely say watch the movie because you do, like you said. I think I would have I would have enjoyed having the main characters, knowing what's up, and then seeing then like adding the additional characters that she introduces in her book um yeah and because like even the scarecrow character like turnip is amazing like he was like the best thing about the like he's one of the best things about the movie like he's just hilarious he's just bouncing around so trotting around and he's like just a like he holds the little laundry oh like, and he's so, so sweet and he's so and like in the book he's like a terror he's like scary See, because, like, I was frustrated because in the movie I, like, knew he wasn't yeah. a terror. So, like, while, like, Sophie was, like, treating him this way, I'm like, eat, bitch. <laughs> like, leave him alone. He's just a sweet little baby. <laughs> like, he's just a little scarecrow. Leave him alone. You're being rude. <laughs> so that was making me, like, upset because she was being so rude to the scarecrow. But then I'm like, at the same time, I'm like, if this giant scarecrow came at me, I, too, would be like, get away yeah. from me. Yeah. So. And I think, I think, like, that's also what the book was, like, a little bit repetitive with, was, like, you get the scarecrow scene a few times. You get the, like, burning calcifer out, like, a few times. You get, you get fucking Hal going in and out of that door so many times. So many times. <laughs> and, like, yeah, you just don't need it. You really don't need it. You could have done it, like, three mm -hmm. times, and it would have been fine. Like, we would have understood he, you know, if the door turns black, don't do, don't go through it. He's having a, he's having a time, you know? <laughs> Did we learn where the black door went in the book? I don't think I Wasn't that, that his family? Like, that was Wales? Was it? I think he might be right. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I am so strongly attached to, like, the black being, like, the war. <laughs> so it's like, I don't think I remember. I'm pretty sure it's his home. It you might be right. Because I think, like, when she was upstairs cleaning his room and he went into the black, like, she looked outside and it was his family. Ah. You're probably right. I just did. I just skimmed right over that. I was like, I... Hey, I don't know. There might be points. someone listening to this who's like a big Hell's Moving Castle book fan and they're like, no. God. Honestly, please. <laughs> if you're a big Hell's Moving book fan, I would love to like 
know why you prefer the book over the movie because it's just like like i agree actually i don't agree i'm a big i like to watch the mm. movie first and because i like the movie so much i will read the book mm. to like expand on the world more like i'm not a big like i'll read the book because i want to watch the movie and i want to have a better movie mm. experience and it's just like everything Studio Ghibli did and Miyazaki and Joe Hisaishi, who does like the, the musical score for all of Studio Ghibli's films, like their choices are always correct. Like they like perfectly did. Like their director's choice is mm -hmm. correct. So yeah, like I'm so curious who likes the book better and why because it's very like slice of life like this is like a genre of anime it's called slice of life it's like a whole like four season show with like 20 episodes in each season that's like an hour long of just like these characters just like living their daily life like it's called slice of life and i like that genre i think it's like really cute because like sometimes i'll throw like a little like romance plot line in there but it truly is just like watching these characters just like live their daily life. Love it. And reading this book reminded me of that so much. Like especially the flower shop mm -hmm. scene. I was like, this is just a slice of life anime. Watching these, like reading these characters just own a flower shop. A little bit of magic. <laughs> I'm just waking up, clocking in with them every morning <laughs> for three chapters. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's. There's the witch of the waste coming. <laughs> let's speed this up a little bit, guys. Yeah. Up. Well, let's uh, before we move in, because um, there are a lot of things to talk about with this. But um, the witch of the waste of it all, because mm. that was very different from book to film. Because yes. in the book, she's this very evil character and is consistently evil until the very end where she's sending her little literal heart into the home to destroy Hal's heart. Um, mm -hmm. And then in the movie, I'm sure you can describe it best. Let's, who is our witch of the waste in the movie? <laughs> so in the movie, Hal receives calcifer he catches a falling star receives his fire demon as a pact when he is a child not like five years yeah. prior like in the book it says like five like single digit years mm -hmm. like super recently um but in the movie he like receives it as a child and as he's receiving it he sees sophie this beautiful woman like running to him and falls through space and time or whatever like as yeah. a child so he is like searching for this beautiful woman his whole life. That's why he's known as like this womanizer. Like he only like meets beautiful women. He like eats their hearts. And in the movie, the lore goes that he meets the Witch of the Waste, thinks it's Sophie because Sophie is a witch. Like the Witch of the Waste falls in love with Hal and Hal's like, oh, pff, ooh, you're not her, awkward. Uh, breaks her heart. And the Witch of the Waste, like, gets her own, like, the Witch of the Waste doesn't have a fire demon mm -mm. in the movie. Yeah. She's just a witch. So she, it, like, it doesn't, we don't get any of, like, her backstory, any of her, um, in the book. But we don't get any of, like, her current state in the movie. 
Like we just see her curse Sophie and then walk up the steps and that's like yep. pretty much it. And then take a snooze in the chair. <laughs> and yeah. And so because she's looking for Hal's heart because she wants Hal's heart because she's fallen in love with Hal. And she wants Hal's heart for herself, not in like a witchy way, but in like she fell in love with him because Hal thought she was Sophie kind of way. So that's like the whole witch of the waste. Like she's not like truly evil. Hal just like messed up. Like, yeah. She fell in love with Hal. Hal's like, ooh, <laughs> wrong lady. But the witch was still in love with yes. Hal. So. And I feel like with, um, like with the book, you have the overarching evil is the Witch of the Waste. And like, that is the main mm -hmm. source of evil. In the movie, the main source of evil is this war. And so like the Witch of the Waste mm -hmm. kind of is this side character um, that's like made to be kind of brings Hal and Sophie together yes, basically. and made to be this kind of uh, like uh, a satirical almost like that like evil woman like she is really bad at mm -hmm. like being evil because by the time she gets up to the top of the stairs she's officially like <laughs> shot and then they suck all the magic Fun. out of her and she's like this old lady just trying to make it um, and so I think like the movie did a great job at, like, it's, you know, the children's book, I think, was, there's, like, a little bit darker tones, which I'll get into in our pairings. Um, there's another thing that is similar, Ooh. but you have, like, the movie is just this very sweet story, and I think it's, like, you do have the evil tones of the war, and it's dark, and there's, like, dark bits to it. But I do think at the end of the day, it's like made to be a little bit more light and funny and like lighthearted and like just, I don't know. I, I found myself feeling a lot more like entertained and like happy while watching the movie. Mm hmm. I agree. Which is like not normally how you feel watching a, like a Miyazaki mm -hmm. film with the war as it's like plot driver normally they're like really mad they're like, ooh, really sad uh but yeah i i again i just like am so attached to the movie it's really just like hard to like compare them because they are two very different are, stories yeah. i think for a children's book, I like the story of the book better because it's just so easy to just like, there's a bad mm -hmm. witch. Like, she is like the baddie. <laughs> so it's just easier to follow than like, oh, there's a war that Hal's like staying neutral on so he can find Sophie just in case she's like on either side. Like, there's like so much more like lore behind yeah. it in the movie. Where the book is, like, really simple. It's just, like, the witch is bad. You gotta yeah. kill the witch. You gotta kill the witch. Sorry. And there's, like, there's witch a the dog at one point that turns into a human that's also in love with Letty. Everyone's in love with Letty. So. Okay, so. I can't, like, this is what I'm saying. Like, there's only one sister in the movie. She's, like, the beautiful sister. But that's, like, you just learn that there's a beautiful sister and that's it. She never shows up in the movie yeah. ever again. And it's just like, 
the fact that now there's like two of them and they switched <laughs> places and like the dog man is like technically the like the half of the prince or the wizard see that's where i got so confused i think it was the prince i think the turnip head the... was like they were like bits and pieces yes, of each other that's why i got so confused with those two and then the aliases cuz i was like wait are there three different wizards no, 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 the aliases, I think they really only mentioned, like, two yeah. in the book. Pendragon yes. and Jenkins, and then Howl, of course. Those are his three aliases, but Howl is his actual it... person. And then there's the wizard Solomon, yeah, or whatever, who I believe was the turnip head, parts of it. And then the dog man was parts of the prince. Yes, I think you're right. I I think they're just like bits and pieces of each other, which was very dark. I was like, yeah. oh, there's a body with no head waiting for Hal's head. Like, how disturbing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's a disturbing and children's book. And it's like, book. the skull was supposed to be somebody? I don't know. The skull mm. really threw me off. Because, like, they kept mentioning, like, the skull yapping around, and I'm just like, what is the skull doing? The... And then, like, the skull went to the turnip head? Yes, I wasn't 100% the... sure. The skull in the guitar belonged to the wizard, <laughs> who was Turnip Head. This is like a messed up. This is a that's messed up game like, of operation. Something. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it got a little like fuzzy towards the end, but like at that point, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Like at like by that time, like you're really starting to like piece together like who's what. Yeah. It doesn't matter because it's like they, each of them are paired off with a sister. And, like, the sisters don't matter, so it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't really matter who got pieces of what and they're fully restored and who goes with what sister because the five of those people in this house yep. don't matter. <laughs> uh, well, now that I'm thoroughly just questioning my uh, entire <laughs> reading experience with this book, um, let's get into final ratings. <laughs> Okay. Um, so with this, I want to do book rating, movie rating, uh, separately. Oh, okay. Let's start with the book. I gave the book a uh, three out of five because, mm. like, like you just saw my brain working. I had no the characters was just a huge thing for me. I was like, I got pulled out of the story because I couldn't remember who was who, and um. I think, like, the first half, I, I was very, like, happy with. Like, you know, I understood the sisters part of it. I understood Hal. I understood Calcifer. Mm -hmm. I understood Michael. And I was like, these are great. Like, Sophie, I, I love all this going on. As soon as you bring in the other wizards, and as soon as you bring in the, like, scarecrow and the guitar and the evil woman and his family, <laughs> I was like, I just don't understand what's going on anymore. Um, and so I think it was long because of it so it felt like a very like strenuous read even though it was a children's book um so i didn't enjoy the book as much as i would have thought i liked the world building i loved the main characters i absolutely love the main characters i even really liked the dog man character i thought he was funny <laughs> i know that's um, sweet so that's my book rating. i would say the same 
I would say if you're an adult, 2.5. If you're like younger than 15, I would say a three. So like floating anywhere between like 2.5 mm-hmm. and three. Because the exact same reasons. Like main characters, phenomenal. But it's just like everything else just seems unnecessarily mm-hmm. long for a children's book. Like it just seems a lot for a mm-hmm. children's book. Yep. And movie. Um, I'm sure we know what uh, Rebecca's going to say. I would give the movie, genuinely, I would give the movie a 5 out of 5. I think this is, like, exactly what you're looking for. It's a visually beautiful story, and it's also a just, like, a touching storyline with Sophie and with Howl, and you have the romance, you have the... You have the humor with, like, Sophie and Calcifer, and you have Michael, who's kind of, like, the sweet middleman trying to, like, make sure everyone's happy and, like, just stoked that he gets, like, a hot (laughs) breakfast. (laughs) And, like, um, you have not as many characters, and so it's not as hard to, like, figure out what's going on. You have the threat of war that I think helps, like you said, ground Howl in something, um... And so it, he, it makes him definitely more human and more, like, relatable. Um, and I just, like, I don't know. I just loved it. I was laughing. I was, like, happily crying. It's just, like, a beautiful story. Just, like, her and Michael so by the lake. Thank- I'm like... <laughs> <sighs> when he shows her, like, the, the door that goes to, like, the flower field, and they don't have to, like, slave away and pick it and, yeah. like, own a flower shop. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> You actually get to enjoy it. Um, no, same. I, this is truly one of my favorite movies. Like, it's so good. It's just visually, like, stunning. Like, the score is incredible. Merry-go-round of life is, like, every time it comes on, like, I shed a tear. Like, we saw Joe Hisaishi live, and they played... And I literally was like, we watched it at um, Rockefeller Center. I was like crying. I was like, oh my god, this is the best <laughs> moment of my life. It's just such a good movie. Like, it's just like the way that the story's written, you fall in love with the characters immediately. Like, you can relate to Sophie. Just like she's like, I, I guess this is my hand. Like, I guess this just comes with being like the oldest. Like, shit out of luck. <laughs> All right. Oh, now I gotta clean? I gotta take care of two children and one's a grown man? Okay, great. Excellent. I'm so excited. It's just, you fall in love with the characters. Everything is just so well done. Like, all of the stylistic choices that Studio Ghibli does Mm -hmm. is correct in my mind. So, (laughs) six six out of five. five. Love it. Love it. I love it. Well, let's get into pairings. TV shows, movies and other books that might pair well with today's books uh and a cocktail as well slash drink slash whatever um so let's start with drink why don't you go first i had a really hard time picking the drink i was gonna do something like fireball for like calcifer but i guess they're like technically in england so i was thinking about like a london fog i couldn't really like land mm. on anything just because it's like so it really isn't like a drinking kind of yeah like story you know so i would say like maybe like a london fog 
like something warm you can hold it while you're watching it's raining outside you were kind of going along the same lines as i as i was thinking and then actually yesterday i got a bottle of belle isle's uh old-fashioned um pre-mixed drink with it comes with like a little bit of glitter like edible glitter in it so it's like this old-fashioned with glitter (laughs) in it yeah and so i was like that's magical like calcifer (laughs) um so that's mine Mm-hmm. That's a good one. That's good. I know. I was like, oh, I just love Calcifer. I almost got a Calcifer tattoo that I, oh. I love this. I love this movie so much. I still might get a Howl's Moving Castle tattoo. We will see. One. So I was going to do something with Calcifer, like Fireball, yeah. like something red, fiery, but I don't know. I like that doesn't, like, even Calcifer wasn't, like, fiery. Like, you know, like, he's just, like, <laughs> sassy. <laughs> So it was like something like warm, like you want to sit yes. by the fire with. Yes. So that's what I was thinking. Sassy. I like it. <laughs> yes. All right. So TV show. For TV show, I, again, like the book, if we're going strictly off the book, it really did remind me of like a slice mm-hmm. of life. So honestly, just go to like download Crunchyroll, it's the anime app, and just type in slice of life. And just watch literally any of those, and you'll get the same feeling as, like, the flower shop chapters. If you liked the flower shop chapters, where it's just, like, that kind of, like, daily, like, you know, there's nothing surprising. Like, you never get surprised. Like, everything's the same. Just watch a slice of life anime. Of course, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't have any recommendations. It's okay. (laughs) I'm not gonna lie. I couldn't for the life of me think of a tv show that fit this um so instead i made up for it with uh two books (laughs) oh i only could think of one okay what's your book good omens by terry pratchett oh that's a good one it had the same like reading flow where it was almost like too much like too wordy like I had, it's like the same kind of like characters where they have like the kind of like the same dynamic and it's just, like the way it read was the same as Good Omens for me. Mm-hmm. Yep. That makes sense. Um, my, I still have not read that, but that is still on my list. <laughs> it was a good book. Yeah. Um, so my book, as, as I had preluded to, uh, that's a darker rendition of the movie was El Enchanted. Um, oh. So that's a children's book that got turned into a movie that is one of my mm-hmm. all-time favorite movies. Of course. But, um, I mean, the musical scene with them and the giants is unbeatable. Um, Anne Hathaway. But. I know. So, <laughs> so good. Such a good movie. But the book is dark. Like, the book is, like, evil and dark. And it's not anything like the movie. Um and so I kind of got the same vibe where I was like, I read this book and then I watched the movie and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> these are very different vibes going on. Um, and my other book was Matilda by Rode Dahl. Because you have like... I've never read or seen Matilda. Yeah, you just have the magical elements, but you also kind of have that like coming of age um, story as well, kind of intertwined. And I think like Sophie is not so much like coming of age, but you kind of see that like almost like realization of self and like mm-hmm. the power that you have and like how it can be used and how you interact with others and i think it's just like a good 
story in that way. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. All right, movie. Literally any other Studio Ghibli movie. <laughs> yeah. So good. Probably Spirited Away if you haven't seen it already. Uh, Princess Mononoke, I would say next. And then... Probably Porco Rosso, if you liked the war vibe. Hmm. Which is an odd statement, but some people like it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not here to judge. But literally, if you should sit down and just like, once a month, just sit down with your friends or your partner and just watch a Studio Ghibli movie. If you haven't watched them, they are magical. I was so blown away when I first started watching them, and I've been obsessed ever since. <laughs> They're so good. I love that. Yeah, mine was the same thing. Uh, except for I did my uh, weird off-the-cuff uh, Nausicaa uh, of the Valley of Wind. Because that is a beautiful movie. Just, like, just visually stunning. So. Yeah. And that was his and, first one. Oh. And, sorry. He's coming out with a new one. Oh. December 8th, they are coming out with The Boy and the Heron. So this actually might be live by the time. So if you haven't seen it, it's called Boy and the Heron. It will be coming out the day of the recording, but when the day this releases, it came out on December 8th. You can see it in theaters. It was supposed to be non-existent. Uh, Miyazaki was going to go into retirement, but he made one last one. Yay. So this might be his last. So definitely go see it. It's incredible. I haven't seen it yet, but you know, I can only imagine. I have high hopes. <laughs> I have high hopes. So. Uh, well, that's it. That's, that's uh, it. Howl's Moving Castle. What a joy. <laughs> um, so This makes you feel good. You just feel good. Even like after reading the book, like I ended it and I was just like, that was so cute. Mm-hmm. I just felt so good. So good. It's, yep. If you need something to make you feel good, make you feel happy, um, watch a good movie this is it. Mm -hmm. Cheers. Well, that's the show. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked it, please go give it five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this episode right now. If you want more book-related content, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at rwreadspodcast. Again, that's at r-w-r-e-a-d-s-p-o-d-c-a-s-t. That's at rwreadspodcast on Instagram and TikTok. Until next week, keep your books open and your drink glasses full. Thanks all. This episode is a JB Media production produced and edited by Jenna Weston. Mm-hmm.